Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go onto my website, theangelmedium.com and sign up for our email list. As a gift for signing up, I'm going to send you 31 healing meditations that if you do daily, they're going to help you tap into your angels and your own intuition. Start using these today and you'll start to see changes in 31 days. Now take a deep breath. Ask your angels to surround you with love, fill you with joy, infuse you with ease. And remember, your angels say that any messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we have a beautiful angel with us. You know him as Shaman Durek. And um, in February, his, let's see, not publicist, it's your P, no, it's your publisher. They sent me Alchemy Elementals. Now, this is your card deck, but I have to say this is unlike any card deck I have ever used before because it's not like some little book and some little cards you get in here. And I had to say at the beginning when I got it, I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, okay, well, I probably got like 50 card decks. Let's see. And then I opened them up and it was almost like I was hit with a wave of just the most high vibration. Um, and I started to flip through the cards and I was like, wow, he has created something so incredibly special. And these, these cards really do hold a very, very profound energy with them. So I'm actually hoping that you could do like a little reading with us. And I know that this is probably not the way that you intended them to be used, but my angels have been communicating to me through them as well. So I never see hummingbirds, but I've been seeing them all week long. And they said, go over to Shaman Durek's book. There's one card with a hummingbird on it. That's what we need you to know. <laughs> so welcome to the show. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm just taking it all in, you know. I mean, w- when I did the cards, I, I channeled the whole thing in one day. And I got. I was living in Turkey, in Istanbul. And I woke up in the morning, I was drinking my Turkish coffee on my balcony, looking at the Bosphorus Sea. And um, so then all the spirits and the ancestors and the angels came and they were like, you need to create a card deck. And I was, had no idea how to even begin that. And they're just like, just do what you do. You know, just let us communicate to you. Just get a piece of paper and a pencil. It's going to take all day long. And um, so I started at eight o'clock in the morning. I finished at nine o'clock at night and the whole deck was completely done. This is incredible because I want people to see over here on YouTube, those who are watching, this is not like a little book. This is massive. And you have a ton of information on each one, each card. And what I love about them too, Shaman Durek, is do people call you Shaman or Durek? Yeah, they call me Shaman. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's meant for now. Like as you pick each card and you read the message for each card, there's a lot of decks where, um, let me go back. The angels have been saying all year long, everything needs to be redone. 
like the old energy realms, the old times, everything was written in the old energy. It all has to be redone. And as I was reading it, I go, oh, this is what they mean. Like this is carrying a completely new vibration. Yeah. This is completely new messages for now. Absolutely. I mean, everything that I put out there is creating something that's never been done before because I want, I always feel like we get stuck in this very groundhog's day mentality of just constantly cycling through the same stuff, the same things, the same things. And for me, I'm all, I'm all about teaching people to remember how to tap into the spirit world, to bring in new technologies, new understandings of spiritual development, new understandings of, um, of wisdom that is coming through to guide us into that, that fifth dimensional place and into that space. And we're not going to get there if we keep just regurgitating the same thing. You see it in Hollywood. You see it in music. You see it in all these things. Nothing is being fresh and new. It's like everyone is scared to step outside of that boundary. And for me, it's about being able to step outside of that boundary, travel to the deepest, deepest unknown, and bring that information back for the utilization of humanity to grow and prosper in whatever way they feel they want to do that through whatever modality or whatever healing technique or whatever device I create or whatever cards that are being brought forth. It's, it's yeah. and, and healing techniques as well, because all I hear is Reiki, 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 this thing, it's all regurgitated stuff. I've been hearing it since the early nineties. And I always said to myself, I'm not going to put anything out until the spirits tell me to, and they, they, they have to come to me directly and speak to me. And then we have a conversation and then we talk about what, you know, that's when I make the decision. It's like with my book, you know, I never wrote a book before. I wrote one book in Turkey called Uyanesh to help women empowerment in their country. And it just came on me one day. I was coming out of this, this huge class that I was teaching. And then this angel, Michael, came and said, I would like for you to um, consider writing a book. We have all the information we need you to, to do and to make it happen. And then my friend Amut came to me and he goes, he goes, do you believe in angels? And I'm like, of course. And he goes, well, an angel came to me today, Angel Michael. He goes, I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but he told me to help you write this book because you have to still learn our language properly. And we wrote, it took us two years and it was at a very difficult time. And I've never wrote a book since then. And then all of a sudden, one day I was in meditation and, um, and then all of a sudden these horsemen came into the room and they said to me, um, there's a play coming, but you can't call it that because people will find out who you are. So you need to call it the blackout. And they like basically explained to me what I need to write. And I had to get it out before 2020. So I like, you know, I've never done that. And I never, I, I was like, okay. So I, you know, I got my manuscript together and helped my, asked my friend Danny to help me and got it to a publisher and they read it. And they're like, so you think there's going to be like race issues and you think there's going to be like issues with women. And you think there's going to be issues with like some kind of something coming that make the whole world black out. I'm like, yeah. And there, and a lot of people are like, we're not going to do, we're not going to publish you. And then one publisher was like, we're going to publish you because we believe in what you're saying. And Sure enough, you know, it came, it came. The whole book was supposed to be called Blackout 2020. Are you ready? Wow. Um, and they said it was too cryptic. So I was hanging out with my friend Dave Asprey and um, it, in, in his place at Alpha Base in Canada. And he goes, well, Derek, you know, I'm a biohacker. You're a spirit hacker. Just call your book Spirit Hacker, you know? Yes. So I called it Spirit Hacking. And so that was the first stage. And so anything I create is all about creating the awakening of getting us out of this, this very, um, 
guru, shaman, hype, you know, put me up on a pedestal, hierarchy, nonsense, and realize that we're all colleagues and we're all here to share our knowledge and our information and what we create to support each other, to rise and continue to rise as leaders of, 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 of this moment and of tomorrow and in, in, in the future, you know? And so that's basically that. <laughs> that's so awesome. Okay, so let's kind of go into this a little bit. I'm going to take us in a different direction than I thought I was going to because this is where spirit's leading me. Um, I want to dive into the fact that you had a near-death experience. And I want to first just ask, what was that like? And actually, it's not near-death. The angels just reminded me you passed away and were brought back. That's correct. So, you know, for me, um, I knew it was going to happen before it happened because I was told by these beings um, in Greece, in, um, in, in Delphi, that it was going to happen. But, you know, even when you hear it, sometimes there's that part of your human self that's like, am I making this up? Is this real? You know, but I still told my family, I'm like, yeah, you know, they said I'm going to die and, you know, whatever. And. And, you know, my family, because we come from a long lineage of very spiritual, um, powerful people, they're like, oh, you're going to have whatever spirit wants you to have, you're going to have. And that's just really where it's going to come from. And and so the process of the dying aspect of like when I realized I was actually going to die was absolutely frightening and scary because it was the idea that I'm actually at the door now. And before it was just a thought. And then when I was seeing myself in the hospital, you know, and like my body was shutting down and I and I you know only had a short amount of time with a friend was telling him, don't leave me alone because I didn't want to die alone every single fear came up inside of me. And I remember just screaming, I don't want to die, you know? And then this voice kept saying, but you've already put this into motion because it's going to help you understand what's really going on. Because I, you know, I've always studied world religion. I've studied philosophy. I've traveled to different countries, lived in Israel, lived with religious families. You know, I'm very connected into different um, cultural understandings of life because I wanted to understand everyone's belief system. So I lived in Muslim countries. I lived in, in, in Israel. I, you know, I've studied Hinduism and Buddhism and, you know, and, and went to church and did evangelist work and did all these different things so I can understand why people believe what they believe. But in the back of my head was this one resounding question, which is, is this idea of God in this form that humans place God in real? And is there a heaven and a hell? And is there this part that is um, where you make mistakes, you're going to get punished? Like I needed to know these answers because it's always plagued me since I was a kid, even though I studied, grew up and studied shamanism, I also studied religion. And it was very strong in my family to be able to have that level of spiritual wisdom, not just in one form, but as many forms as possible. And so when I died, what it gave me was the truth where there's no single part of my being anymore that doubts what's going to happen to humanity. There's no part of my being that accepts and believes in, in hell in the way that it was given to me because I got to ask all the questions when I went to the other side. They showed me what we're doing. They showed me why we suffer. They showed me, um, you know, what, what is happening to us and why we're even here to begin with. They even showed me that 
human beings are not supposed to, um, you know, conform in their family circles. They're supposed to actually um, do the opposite of what their family wants them to do, because this is that you don't come to earth to conform to society or conform to your tribe. You came here to bring new information to the tribe to evolve everyone. And what people keep doing is they keep going back, trying to get the validation, the, trying to get the, the love that they never got, trying to heal the wounds of hurt and pain and abuse and try to figure out why their family did what they did or why did this person hurt them or how could this person have abandoned them and what they don't understand is that every time they ask that question why they're creating a discourse because they're creating what we call a cycle of attack and that's what they taught me on the other side is that we suffer because of malfunction in thinking we keep believing that we have to solve these answers that belong to our parents and to our ancestors it's not for us to solve we're supposed to understand where the imbalance was and then move on from there and then create something new. And so when I went to the other side, it was beautiful. You know, um, the whole death experience was was scary in the beginning. And then after I died, it was it was gorgeous. It was you know, I got to watch myself being born. I got to experience being born again. I got to experience my first day at school, like every single thing I ever did and every person I ever affected was shown to me and experienced through me. So it was like experiencing it and watching it at the same time simultaneously and then going through this beautiful water and coming out of this beautiful beach where it was just like the sand was glistening, the water was hitting the shore and you can hear the sound of the waves and these beautiful beings who, who you know, embraced me and told me, you know, create whatever body you want to have here and took me around, introduced me and showed me everyone's, everyone's vision of heaven is exactly what they get. And it was so beautiful to see my family again and friends that had passed away when I was in school and all these things, and then be given a choice to if I want to come back and if I want my memories erased or do I want to um, keep them. And it was everything was a choice. There was nothing done to me against my will. It was all a question to me. You know, where would you like to go from here? Do you want to stay here or would you like to go back? You know, and I made a decision to come back and they told me you're going to be in a coma. You're going to be in a wheelchair for a while. You're going to have brain damage. You know, your whole entire body has shut down. So your body is going to have to go through a lot. And I still wanted to come back. And that's what happened. I was in a wheelchair for two years, told I was never going to walk, that I was, um, you know, paralyzed. I had brain damage. I couldn't pick up a glass. I was basically, people came around the clock, taking care of me, washing me, bathing me, feeding me. And I ended up listening to my core and the spirit spoke to me and they told me how I needed to get out of that situation. And that's what I did. And then I got out of it. Friend, if the idea of connecting to your angels and changing your life using your very own spiritual gifts sounds amazing and is deeply resonating with you today, I want you to go on my website and check out my angel membership. Registration is open. Sign up today and you'll get access to new course content and events each week and a private community. Members love how everything you need for your spiritual awakening is all in one place. Sign up today, angel membership. It's incredibly healing. Also, the winner of this month's free reading with me is in the show notes below.
leave a five-star positive review of my podcast or book, and you could be next month's winner. Lastly, check out the upcoming events page on my website, theangelmedium.com, because we have a lot of upcoming events that I know you're going to be interested in. For me, it, it's about understanding humanity and realize what type of beings we are. Because a lot of times people, when they think about darkness and all these things, they think, oh, there's darkness, there's evil and all these things. Well, there are spirits who don't want to go to the light because they're afraid they won't be loved for the things that they did when they had a human body. So they stay in a realm called the underworld where they hang out and they need light. So they go to you and tell you their story. And then you think it's you in your head saying these horrible things to yourself. And then they feed off of your light to keep themselves sustained in that realm. And what human beings do is that we project more darkness onto the darkness by using fear and worry and doubt and shame and, and hate and anger and all of these different things instead of transmutating every being in the darkness to the light by saying, I love you. Like when a being spirit comes in my room, I'm not going into fear. I'm like, why are you here? How can I help you? What can I do? I'm a being of light. I'm a light worker. How can I best support you right now? And then they say, I, you know, my son died. I was angry. I couldn't find my way to the light. Can you help me? Or sometimes I was, I died a horrible death. I, I hurt a lot of people. I can't forgive myself. You know, can you please listen to me and, and hear my story? And I'm like, absolutely. And then what happens is, you know, angelic and the angelic realm is so beautiful because human beings like to create the idea that God and angels and everything is like them. They even paint them to look like them. Okay. <laughs> you know, they'll even say, yeah, Oh, yeah. Lucifer fell from heaven. I'm like, how is that possible? Angels don't live in duality. There's no separation. They yeah. don't understand the idea <laughs> of overthrowing God. They don't right. have an overthrowing system. Right. Those are human behaviors that we generated through the dominance and alpha behaviors that we got from sharing our DNA with animals, with the animals. Right. Because there's this whole survival. So we utilize this idea that if something is not good enough for us, we have to destroy it so that we don't get taken out. So it's this really interesting thing about our species, because. When I speak to the darkness, the darkness told me, well, we actually have a contract with you all, which is to keep you from your power until you can show that you're going to use your power for the good of all kind and that you're not just going to use it just to, you know, to 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 blow yourself up or to misuse your power over another human being. And, and that's so, not just like a particular you. That's like the collective consciousness. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So people don't understand is that there are we are a species that's still developing out of the dominant factor, out of the need to control, out of the need to take precedence over someone based on something that we feel we have better than each other. And so because we create this hierarchy, we activate all systems of living beings in a hierarchy of slave versus uh, master. And so what happens is there are other beings and other galaxies that know how we operate. That's why they won't interact with us, because we take over whatever it is that we feel we need to conquer. We conquer things instead of integrate with them. We we, we take over them instead of say, hey, let's find some way to come together and share our ideas and our points of view to live in harmony with each other. So we're still developing out of that animal behavior 
you know, and coming into a more spiritual defined behavior that is operating in love, acceptance, awareness, um, compassion, kindness, generosity, and so forth. So angels are living in the ideas of those but those, um, those ideas. So like, if you think of love, that's an angel. There's an angel of love. If you think of, um, of health and freedom, there's an angel called freedom. There's an angel called health. Now the angels that we created in the, the St. Michael and Raphael and Oriel, those are also angels as well, but there's different types of angels and they all serve for the benefit of us as humanity, being able to come out of that aggressive behavior and learn how to create harmony and balance and synergy from the most highest level and highest perspective that we can create as human beings raising our intelligence. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, couple of different things. They won't leave this alone, but they said that when you were on the other side, had passed and you were conscious on the other side, you had an interaction with your grandmother. Yes. Can you talk to us about that? Because I've never heard you talk to us about this, but Spirit said that you have to bring it through here. Yeah. So my grandmother was the one who connected with me when I died. Like when I first died, she was standing there in the room with me. And so when I went to the other side, she was one of the people who helped me to understand why these things had to transgress the way they did. You know, um, and why the, what, what is exactly the things that I can and support humanity in and based on who I am. That's when I found out that I was an angel in heaven named um, 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 Angel Turiel, that I was an angel that guides people back to their power or who they really are at the core level. There's this um, part of her that was explaining to me what my role is if I choose it if I want to continue it. And it's not to stay in victim or be a victim or any of these things. It's to be able to transcend the most painful, most hurtful, uh, vile, disgusting, horrible things that humans have not chosen to love in themselves and love um, into, into the light. Because people on our planet, we condemn, we crucify, and we separate from anything that seems dark. And so what it does is it gives darkness more power. So she said that if I um, choose, I have a capacity for love that goes beyond the darkness. So for me, it is being able to teach people how to transcend the, that energy in, back into love, back into joy, back into healing and so forth and so on. Right. And, and so my path is going to be, um, if I come back, it's still going to be a lot of pain, but it's how I choose to perceive that pain versus allow it to take over me. Yeah. So talk people through this because you and I know how to do shadow work, how to go within and find that. But when people feel fear, a lot of times they don't know how to do that work for themselves. So what is your process or what would you tell them is the process to work through that once they're aware or maybe if they're not even aware of that fear within them. So the first thing I do is remove the word work okay. because the word work has a connotation of slavery on our planet. Okay. Right. And so the moment we think work, our subconscious mind prepares itself for work and any part of our being that is seeking liberation and freedom in this embodiment is going to be resistant to it. So we have to remove any resistant marker that would make us go into incomplete resistance of something. When we apply the word shadow work, we can say shadow love, 
mm-hmm. right? Because when we start accepting things with love and, and, and start making it easier than making it, that's, that's the difference between me and like how I was raised and trained as a shaman is like in shamanism, it's very strict. And I decided to make it more lighter and more playful and more fun and like less, you know, less bothersome to the, to the, to the resistant aspects of the human spirit because we already have a lot of pressures and stuff happening. So the first key when dealing with fear is realizing that fear is a fleeting energy. It cannot stay unless you put a story, a story. So if fear is present and you add a story to it, it anchors fear into this reality. Fear is just an energy that moves, right? Because it has a void, which needs light. It needs love. It needs uh, wisdom. But when fear has no wisdom, then it cannot, and you put a story around it, then it cannot disperse. It stays anchored and it anchors itself in. It's kind of like, it's like you're giving power to, it's kind of like a ship sailing and you're adding an anchor to it by adding a story with it. So let's say for instance, fear comes up, like I'm not gonna have enough money, okay? Let's just use that simple one. All of a sudden people start thinking about when they didn't have money or all the things that could happen to them if they don't have money. Like I can't pay my bills, I can't do this, I can't do it. The story's getting bigger and bigger and bigger causing a very heavy, 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 heavy anchor. And now fear is taking over because it's being anchored into this reality. Fear does not come from our reality. It moves into our reality because we feel it. And because we don't have emotional intelligence developed at its high sensitive level, that means that human beings are still learning about frequency through music, through words, through sound, through vibration. We still don't understand the dismantlings of both the energy, both in matter form and the energy that's in visible form and how these two energies connect on an alchemy level. So when you think about fear, think of fear as an energy that's invisible. Mm -hmm. You give it a story, it becomes tangible and anchored into this reality. And now you're feeling it. Your, your, every part of your being, your cells are feeling it. Everything is feeling it because now it's anchored in this dimension. Right. Fear is just an energy that moves from one dimension to the next and it's seeking love. It's seeking wisdom. But if we don't put love and wisdom into it, then our mind will create a story and therefore it becomes real. So when the energy of the fear is still outside of you and it's just a thought or an energy that you're feeling giving that fear love instead of anchoring a story into it allows it to kind of release you can give it that way or you can do it the old way that we did in ancient times which is let's pull up something that fear that think of something that that's that's you have fear around Hmm. tell me when you have it let me think about this could be anything okay i got it Okay. Now say, download wisdom into my being at 50,000. Download wisdom into my being at 50,000. Or better yet, download wisdom into fear at 50,000. Download wisdom into fear at 50,000. And then tell me what happens. See if the fear is still there. Total shift within the body. Exactly. Because wisdom disperses fear. Love disperses fear. But wisdom is a combination of two energies. It's a combination of of light and a combination of of intellect, which is a part of the how light transfers into the physical realm. So everything you are experiencing in the physical realm is coming from light and then into intellect and then into you understanding it. So Mm -hmm. 
if fear is just an energy that needs an anchor and you download wisdom into it, Mm -hmm. it disperses the fear immediately because the fear has no anchor and wisdom brings the light that the fear requires and it disperses it. So I've worked with a lot of kids and a lot of people who have immense amount of fear, teaching them the act of downloading wisdom into their fear and the fear goes away immediately. That's awesome. I love that because you're right. That's what it was. It was like a scattering of energy. Mm -hmm. It has no hold. The moment you don't tell a story, then the fear and and you you bring wisdom into it. The fear has no anchor and it has no more reason to add to access into this realm. Okay. So let me ask you this because um, I see myself as almost kind of a bridge between people who um, probably went to church when they were younger, but no longer resonate with the dogma, just believe in the love and yet still want a spiritual home base, right? So they come to the podcast. I do a lot of work with them and we can say things in different ways. And so I want to kind of destigmify shamanism for people because I think that people can hear that word or hear darkness or hear, you know, underworld. Um, we, we see like the egoic mind maybe just a little bit differently, but that's okay. We can say things in different ways because spirit is bringing us wisdom as teachers to talk to the folks that we're meant to help here. Um, so kind of talk a little bit about shamanism and demystify that a little bit for folks. Absolutely. So think of it from the Bible and the story of Moshe, who was Moses. Okay. He was a shaman. So Moses was a shaman. He, he studied under Jethro, who was the Midian king of the Midian tribe. And the Midian tribe is a tribe of shamans that learn how to connect with nature and spirit at the same time. And they also take care of like, you know, goats and sheep and things of this nature, very much like the Kenyan, the, the tribes in Kenya to this day. Right. So the Midian people, they they train you in a certain level of awareness of of energy and physical and so that's why he was able to see the burning bush because he had that training and that's how he was able to hear the word of god say free the people from from egypt okay so shamans are are raised to see god through nature so we we know that god exists and we know what god is like by looking at a tree a flower an ocean a river the sky the moon the air you your eyes your ears the fact that you exist we know that no creator could ever think in any way to destroy destruct or annihilate anything and that we're the ones who do that ourselves by our malfunction and thinking so in shamanism we honor the elements we honor the first element which is earth which is your body We honor the second element, which is water, which is the feminine. We honor the third element, which is fire, which is the masculine, which is the mind. And we honor the fourth element, which is air, which is spirit. So all things spiritual in the ancient language, a spirituality, a spiritual comes from the breath, spirit, right? Life. As we say in the Kabbalah, you have the first letter of the alphabet, which is the Aleph. It doesn't, you don't say the word Aleph, you say, right? Because it's the breath. It's the first, it's the creation. It's like, and there, and then there was life and God breathed in life. And this is the breath. And so 
in shamanism, we honor that. We honor the, the life that lives in all things at all times. And we know that creation does not interfere in human discord because creation cannot step out of being a creator. So creation just creates, 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 and gives everything it creates the ability to grow and evolve. And we have what is called free will. And most people, when they read it in the Bible, when it says you have free will, they think free will means you can go get an ice cream cone or go to a movie. That's not what free will means. Free will means that as you speak it, as above, so below, your words are just as, just as strong as the word of God, meaning that your words are calling energies in based on what you say. So if I say life is difficult, a spirit that exists that makes life difficult will now come and serve me. If I say life is getting easier and easier every day, a spirit comes and all of a sudden starts making life easier and easier for me every day. So my words are literally coming into manifestation. So this is where God comes in and God's like, I cannot interfere because every human being has a different thought about what they think is right and wrong. And if I choose one, then I'm getting rid of all the rest. And that means that this one is the right one. And that, that means the whole universe would cease to exist because free will would no longer be. So the whole idea of knock and the door shall open, ask and you shall receive, which is in the Bible, is true. What you ask for, you will receive. Even if it's something that's not benefiting you, God gives it to you because God loves you so much that God wants you to learn how to be a creator, a child of God that sits on the throne of God with God, right? Where you actually learn that you're creating and destroying every time you think and open your mouth. So in shamanism, our role is to help people to understand that no matter what kind of parental upbringing they had or whatever it may be, you are still responsible for what you're creating. When I died, the first thing they showed me was how I affected the lives of so many people by the things I said, the things I did. And at the end of it all, I had a choice to decide if I could go to heaven or if I was going to go to run away from the light because I was unwilling, unwilling to accept the things that I have done. It's not because God was punishing me. It's not because God had a pit of fiery hell waiting for me. No. And here's the fascinating thing that we shamans all think. If I ask a parent, would, if your kid did this, 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 and this, no matter how bad they got, would you ever throw them into a pit of fire? and they say no, then what makes you think you're smarter than God? When God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, and, and is available in all forms, in all energies, at all given times, quantumly. And is in the intelligence, when human beings make God into a, an angels, into a reflection of themselves, it's very narcissistic. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's very telling of humanity. Human beings wanna make angels have emotions, like humans do, where they can choose right and wrong. They want to make God say God can get jealous and angry. Jealous and anger comes from fear. Fear is, does not have a place with God because if fear exists within God, fear is a void that needs an anchor in a story. So it would consume God and destroy the whole entire universe. So God can't even get into that space. God has made sure that God only stays with God, which is pure love, and creation. Angels are pure love and service. And everything that is thinking opposite of it does not understand evolution. You cannot have a creator who acts just like you because then you would have nothing to evolve into. So the, so the thing is in shamanism, we're here to take out the nonsense, help you build your relationship with spirit in the right way, which means 
have a relationship that's not one-sided, but have a relationship that goes both ways. Like a lot of times people call angels, but they never ask the angels, what can I do to support, support everything, right? They, it's always me, 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 me. Instead of saying, hey, this isn't a me, me, me thing. This is a we thing. And like people always say to me, this woman said to me once, she said, oh, Shaman Derek, you know, I've been doing so much stuff on myself. I'm pretty much almost healed. What about you? I said, oh, no, 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 no. I am not healed unless until all my brothers and sisters have returned home to the light. Until such time, I will continue to leave heaven, take on different forms and bodies that I need to, to go into whatever dimension or field of universal consciousness I need to step into and be able to share love with them until they all come home. Because I'm not here to live life on planet Earth. I'm here to understand how people fall from, the, from love, fall from, from joy, fall from, from uh, this, this creative source that God has given us, this ability to have free will, and then go into the darkness and find them and bring them home. That's I'm here. This is, this is to me, Operation Planet Lift. I'm here to go into the darkness help people stop judging the darkness, stop attacking the darkness and giving it more power to hide and go into the darkness with love as God's love ambassador and say, I love you. We love you. We never stop loving you. Come home. Mm -hmm. And that's the story in the Bible of the prodigal son. It is the story of no matter what that person did, no matter how debaucherous they were, the moment they came home, the father put a ring on his finger and said, welcome home. I love you. But what about all the things I did, Father? Don't worry about it. The fact that you're home is all I care about. And that's the energy that I've come to this planet to just to, to share, to help people remember, not to dictate to them, not to, to tell them um, what they need to do. People can do whatever they want to do. I'm here to share with people the way for us to love greater than the things that the world tells us not to love. That's all amazing. And it's all angelic energy because that's what the angels are trying to do too. And so tell us again, what was your angel name? Um, Turiel. Turiel. Angel Turiel. It's very seraphim energy from the seraphim order. And the seraphim say that they came back in um, more recently, you know, within time standards to really help everything that you just said, bring everybody into this new consciousness to help us step forward. I think there's some different ideas and theories out there about how long this is going to take. I want to kind of see two things. What is your perspective on where are we, where are we going to end up and how long is that going to take? It's not going to happen in my lifetime, I've been told, but it will start to get better. The, the difficulty we have on our planet is that we are still operating out of our domesticated abuse that we went through growing up as children. So a lot of times people say, well, I didn't have abuse growing up as a kid. You, everyone had abuse growing up as a kid. It just may come in different forms. But the core abuse that we got was that we didn't have what is called dual adaptation. Dual adaptation means that you are welcome to earth. No one is telling you what to do. They're saying, you know, do all these different things and whatever you feel most inspired by, we will support you and love you through. 
If your parents do things that are out of sorts, you can say to your parents, I feel like there's things that you're doing that I feel like could be improved because it's affecting me like this. This is dual adaptation. It means that it's a collective surgence of energy being developed through the awareness of everyone being supportive of each other's evolution. In our world, we manipulated that. The way it used to be in ancient times was it was dual adaptation, where kids could share their wisdom with their parents and they would learn from their children as well. As we say in shamanism, just because you're older doesn't mean you're an elder. So the understanding is that most children are not given the respect or the understanding that they represent a level of intelligence that the planet is seeking because we try to mold them into what we think they should be based on our life circumstances. This causes a defect in human evolution. And therefore, we build um, from what we call a singular adaptation, which means what? It means that one person is the dictator or the parents or the guardians or the older ones who are older. Tell the kids what they want, what they should think, what they should believe, what, what is right, what is wrong as according to their ups and downs in their lives. And then try to mint it and imprint it into their being and, and then punish them accordingly or ground them accordingly until they accept this level of abuse. And this abuse takes away their free will. It takes away their ability to make choices that govern their true signature because no one has a right to tell a human being why they're here. God has already put that those codes in them from the moment they were first um, you know, brought into conception. So again, what the parents aren't realizing is that that person has come into that family to help them. And when the parents try to domesticate them like an animal, that's when you see all kinds of health problems, mental decline in children, um, all kinds of issues that instill children who are dysfunctional, children who are, are rambunctious, children who create um, uh, all kinds of delinquencies and different things that they get into as teenagers because they're being controlled from their true blueprint. And this is the biggest reasons why we have health problems on the planet, why, why people are having difficulty in relationships, because they choose based on making someone happy. They don't choose based on their own signature. So instead of saying, I'm going to go to college and study this, this, and this, they usually study what their parents would be happy with them studying. They usually date someone based on that person liking them instead of them actually realizing how that person makes them feel. We're not a society of people who have matured in our emotional intelligence because we've been robbed of our emotional intelligence through abusive domestication. We are been treated like animals. We've been punished like animals until we follow the rules that each family section creates for that child. This is why human beings have not progressed in the way that they could. This is reason why you have abuse in women towards from men and, and disbalance, um, imbalance in, in, in society and culture and race and all these different things, because no one is getting them saying, hey, welcome to planet Earth. We're, we're so happy that you chose us as parents and you chose to come. And um, we're going to do everything we can to support why God brought you here. And we would, whatever that is, we'll support it without question, even if we don't understand it. We love you unconditionally. And we are here and we're not here to judge you. We're here to help you to, to understand things as well as you're help, here to help us to understand things. Welcome. That's incredible. Yes.
All right. One more question that I'll let you roll here. But um, Spirit is saying that I have to ask you this. We confuse a lot of the terminology, right? I think as a lay person who's maybe not experienced in our world of using these terms every day, and what I love that you use the term spirit hacking, what spirit talks about all the time in the angels is that our spirit is different from our soul. Our spirit is different from our body. Our spirit is what guides us to our joy, what guides us to our most authentic self, what guides us to really be living on our soul's path. And they said right now, if you're feeling kind of like this tingly energy, it's an aha moment for you. You have to really put focus and attention on your spirit. And a lot of people's spirits are very weak right now because they don't place that attention on there and they're not listening to themselves and they're not following that voice within their hearts. What's the easiest way that you can say to kind of return them to their own spirit? So in shamanism, we have what are called the four gateways, right? The four gateways. First gateway is your body. Second gateway, which is the most important gateway next to your spirit is the emotions, which is the feminine. The biggest problem with humanity and why people go into depression and sadness and so forth is because they let the masculine take over their feminine. So let me give you an example of what that looks like. Let's say, for instance, you get up in the morning and the first thing you do is you go and check your mail or you go and you go and do some like morning routine or any of these types of things, which means you're completely denying the feminine. You may think because I'm doing spiritual things first thing in the morning that I'm really connecting to my spirit. Your feminine energy is the one that communicates to spirit. Your masculine energy is what holds space for you to be able to step into that space of higher intelligence with your feminine. So think of it when you get up in the morning and you don't go to yourself and say, good morning, sweetheart. How did you sleep? by communicating like that, the nurturing qualities. Why do people have alcoholism? Because they're letting their masculine override their feminine. The masculine wants to drink because it's overloaded by the burdens of stresses of life. And it's the only way it can get its power back because it's the one thing it gets to make a decision on. When that happens, the feminine is supposed to step in and say, I understand that you have insecurity. I understand that you are afraid right now. I understand these things and I love you. Let's go do this instead. But because people don't allow their feminine wisdom to come through, right? Because they have de demoted the feminine so much, which means they also demote nature because that's nature and feminine are connected to each other. The mind and spirit are connected to each other. So the spirit is always wanting to communicate to the mind, hey, what you're doing right now is destroying you by the way you're talking to yourself. Uh, every time you put yourself down, you're putting God down. Every time you put yourself down, you're creating destruction in this world. Every time people say, oh my God, how come we have hurricanes? How can we have all these destructive things happening on our planet? Do you know how many people walk around daily complaining in their minds, uh, being unhappy, and they think that energy doesn't spew out of their body into nature and into their other people around them? You see, the feminine energy is there to course correct you back into what it means to be in alignment with spirit. So if you are not connecting to your feminine nature, then you are not connecting into spirit because you can't be masculine and override feminine and think spirit is going to connect with you because the masculine is all about the mind. It's all about problem solving, diagnosing, putting prescriptions on you. You'll always know when a man is um, in his masculine, when he starts telling you how to fix something. 
when, when you, when, when your friend tells you how to fix something, instead of saying, how can I best show up for you right now? Uh, how I can best show up for you right now is feminine, uh, fixing it like this or diagnosing you that's masculine, but that's masculine without feminine. If feminine and masculine operate, then you have what is called a divine marriage within you. And then that, what people call, um, the energy of allowing, like what in Christianity would be the Holy spirit. It's when it's when the two become one and the one then becomes the all of the con connecting the spirit. And that's the part that brings in the light that gives people the deep spiritual wisdom because the spiritual wisdom can't come in if your mind, because you have to remember the ego is the part of your being that is there to edify your beliefs into reality. I call it the great paperweight, right? Because think of it. If a woman comes to me and says, Dirk, there's no, uh, Shaman Dirk, there's no good men in the world. Oh, so I basically know that the ego sitting there going, okay, got it. No good men in the world. I'll send you all the horrible men. Anything else? Uh, <laughs> life is, life is so, uh, so much pain. I've dealt with so much pain in my childhood. I don't feel like I'm ever going to get ahead. Got it. Um, I will make sure that every obstacle gets in your way so you don't get ahead. Anything else? That's all the ego does. The ego just takes your narrative and makes it sets up the characters, the events, the situations, and makes it real for you. So you believe in the world you're living, because if you don't believe in the world you're living, you'll leave this body. So this is the way that we've been uh, able to anchor ourselves on this planet is by having an ego. And then when someone battles you because you give them new information and they get all huffy, puffy and, 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 and triggered, that's because their ego also plays as a lawyer. The ego goes, well, that's not the belief that they believe. And that's not the world they believe in. So I'm going to do everything I can to fight you and make you go away. So whenever, so when people argue with you, they're only arguing with you because they feel threatened by you. People don't need to argue if they don't, if they feel harmonious with you, meaning you can believe whatever you want. Like when me and my girlfriend have uh, situations, I just simply say, honey, you know what? There's things you're saying that I may not know of. So let me look into it. And she's like, babe, there's things you're saying that I don't know. So let me look into it. There's no need to argue. If we're arguing, it's because we, someone wants to be right because the other one feels threatened. Someone feels threatened and we want someone wants to win the fight so that their world stays intact. That means you're not open and you're not willing to evolve. Evolution comes from the partnering of other people in your life. This is what we see in shamanism. So in shamanism, we say shamanism is about communication and it's about relationship. It's a relationship with nature, relationship with your ancestors, relationship with the food you eat, relationship with how you talk to yourself. How do you nurture yourself? Do you give things to yourself or do you do things to people, please people, and then feel miserable about it later or beat up on yourself or not honoring yourself? These are all reasons why there's drug addictions, shopping addictions, sex addictions. I mean, you name it because human beings operating against themselves over and over and over to the point where they feel like they, everything is bombarding them. So they go and look for things to escape into. So again, we understand that spirituality, the spirit, like I'll give you a watch. I'll show you a very simple task. Say, um, say spirits of the light. And you know, better yet, say angels, because that's what you're connected to say, angels. Perfect. Angels of the light. Tell me something beautiful about myself. Tell me something beautiful about myself. You want me to share? What did they say? Your spirit is right on track. Say, thank you. I heard you. Thank you. I heard you. Tell me something else beautiful about myself. Tell me something else beautiful about myself. Everything that I want is is coming into manifestation is going to happen in this lifetime. Good. Say, thank you. I heard you. 
Thank you. I heard you. Now say angels. Can I talk to you anytime? Angels. Can I talk to you anytime? Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Now say angels. Can you, um, can we do some, can we run some tests? Angels. Can we run some tests? Yes, of course. Can you um, create warmth in my body? Can you create warmth within my body? Oh my God. I felt it instantly. Mm -hmm. Can you bring ice into my body? Can you bring ice into my body? Felt it instantly. Angels, can you um, ground me into my body and make this room filled with laughing energy? Angels, can you ground me into my body and fill this room, room with, with laughing energy. energy? Yes. Yes. It's Do like a comedy that? show. Mm -hmm. So the reason why that's able to happen is because you're willing to start off with your communication with the angels from a place of love, not from a place of testing them to see if they're real. Mm -hmm. Spirits think most human beings operate from a place of needing to prove things to themselves, which is coming from fear. They're not really about building a real relationship. They're about, let's see if this works kind of thing, right? So when I do things with people and show them how to access their abilities, I show them how to access it easily and simply just by the fact that you're operating in a field of love. Yeah, I love it. Shaman Dirk, you're amazing. I love talking to you. I love your energy. You're just such a powerful force in this in this realm that we're in together right here, right now, you have a podcast yourself. You have, um, you know, your books that we're going to all link to spirit hacking. Have you um, heard about the spirit optimizer? Oh no, but I saw you online and I didn't, I wasn't like able to watch your live. Tell everybody about this. Okay. So the spirit optimizer, this is the new one that's coming out this week, but basically, um, I was living in Greece. And for years and years and years, I would meet a lot of Catholic people and different friends and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you walk with Mother Mary. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. One night I'm in Greece and, and um, in my place in Santarini, and I get a, a vision of Mother Mary standing in front of me and saying, when you hear a message from friends to come see me, you need to come see me. So I was like, okay. Two days later, I get a phone call from my friends in Turkey and they're like, you need to come back to Turkey. We're all going on a trip to Ephesus. This is where Mother Mary spent her last days. Um, and we should take a pilgrimage up to the mountain where she where she last was, you know, where she spent her last days. So I, I, I took a ferry boat back to Turkey from Greece and I went to Ephesus and I went on that big trek with people going up with wheelchairs and crutches and People, when she supposedly, when she died, this water came from the mountain and people drink it and they hang their crutches and stuff on these ropes. So I drank the water to see what would happen. And I got this voice that spoke to me and said, go grab a piece of paper and a pencil and go away from the people um, and go to the highest point. And we want, so we have something to share with you. So I went to the highest point and these tall beings, like the size of trees, glowing effervescent beings with purple and blue and all these beautiful colors, luminescent, drew this symbol into the sky, which is this. They call it the Quintarium. And they said that this is the symbol that will guide people back to their original power. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, years later, uh, they told me not to show it to anyone for 17 years. So I buried it for 17 years and opened it up in the box and started putting it on everything around that I was creating. So my friend Evan and I and my team, we created the spirit optimizer inside of it. You have um, sugar, uh, sugar, uh, no, shungite, 
um, black tourmaline, different crystals that act like a tuning fork and copper. And even in the center, there's some organite. And what it, what it does is that you hold it and you say, spirit optimizer, balance my energy, spirit optimizer, seal my energy from negativity clean of my chakras, uh, lift my spirits, connect me to the angels. And immediately it happens. And so we put it out and I gave it to like a bunch of doctors and scientists and different people around the world. And they wrote me back and was like, what did you create? This is the most amazing thing we've ever experienced. And so people, children are using it to stay focused in school, to, to get rid of, um, to get rid of fear. Um, I have a whole family that wrote me a letter the other day telling me how it's helped their mom with anxiety I mean, it's done so much. It's helped so many people. I got to tell you about this. So I published this book last year on angels. Yeah. And Archangel Metatron came in and it was wild because when they came in, they were speaking through me different things that I hadn't seen before. And Archangel Metatron came in and said, what you don't understand is that each of us has a shape like um sacred geometry this shape and it's actually we like to again just what you said before kind of put human visions or how we want to see the other side with like a human eye and so a lot of people think of their life plan as this book that they have to go through and flip through the pages and read through the pages but Archangel Metatron handed me this shape and he said, everybody has their own sacred geometry shape and it is their life plan. Like you could almost hold it like an, an orb, you could absorb the energy and kind of like how you were talking about your um, being on the other side when you had passed. It's like telepathically, you could absorb everything from the other side um, your lives on the other side, you know, your, your time over there, I should say, um, and everything in your life plan over here, and you can access it. And what Archangel Metatron said is that when you, you're actually walking the shape of your sacred geometry circle in every moment here on earth. And so this ties into this so much because it's you helping people come into their shape. And I just wanted to explain this because what Archangel Mike Metatron just said to you is you can take this and evolve this to you helping everyone find their own shape. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Absolutely. And okay. I, actually, I actually have helped a lot of different people to come into that space. Yeah, and it's absolutely true. And we call it in shamanism, we call it your signature. So if your signature, if you're not in alignment with your signature, you suffer. And we say the suffering comes from you going against the grain. Like there's some people who are meant to go into the darkest, darkest things. Like I'm one of those people who can go into like the most depravity of humanity. I've sat down with like, with like, you know, mob bosses and people who are in Juarez. And I've sat down with, with rapists and killers and all kinds of people, you know, I mean, soon I'm going to be doing a project in prison. And the thing is, I can handle those things because my light is was created to handle that. But some people's light is not created. Some people's light is meant to do something else. And so everyone has their signature. So if I go off my signature, I know something's completely off. And, and, and immediately then things start coming and happening and whatnot. And I'm like, wait a second, because I'm not on my signature. You know, and uh, my girlfriend, who you should interview one day. Oh, I love that. Uh, Princess Marta of Norway, you know, even coming into the royal family, it was like, 
you know, people were like, who, first of all, first of all, black shaman going into the royal family, who, what, you know, a man on the history of the royal family, and there never has been a man that has married into the royal family and of, of color that is. But when I came into the family, it was because my signature was already set up with that family. So when I came in, they already recognized my signature. So it was like this immediate thing. And the same happened when me and when her, when we, when we first met each other, we were put on a blind date and we met each other and became friends and our signatures immediately came together. And we were like, we were, we had our life in Egypt and we saw that and we saw all our lifetimes together. And then we saw, like, and she even said, you remember that time, one time we were in London, she goes, you remember that time when you were on, I said, yes, when I put, I had them put too much herbs on the fire for, and, uh, and the, the smoke got really smoky on our, on our boat down the Nile. She goes, you remember? And I'm like, of course I do. You were so mad that day, you know? <laughs> and you, so, you know, and we have this, this connection, but everyone has a signature that connects into each other. And there's some signatures that do not connect to each other. So when you try to force those connections, instead of live authentically, authentically, you suffer. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love your work. Thank you so much for all of the just love that you're bringing in, how much you're bringing people back to their true authentic selves. Um, where can people go to visit you if they want to learn more about you? And then don't worry about the links to the books and your products. We're going to put all of those in the show notes. Yes. So people, you know, um, I'm usually between Norway and LA, but now I'm mostly in LA right now because I have a lot of projects I'm doing. Um, and you can go to shamandirect.com and it has everything there. My shaman school, where you can learn how to up-level your abilities. You can get the, the product stuff there. Um, I have my podcast. You know, I do lives every day on Instagram to do personal healings on Instagram. So people can come and experience and see that for themselves. And you do like live healings. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know? Yay. I love it. Oh, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you for thinking of me and having me on your show. Absolutely. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know, I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are sitting around you now, who's connecting with you and how they're supporting you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a virtual session. You can do a reading with me or a member on my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the best they can to support you and guiding you to the life you want to live. Virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website, never, never, never offered on social media, only offered on theangelmedium.com. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn energy healing, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and business mastery skills. 
That's the Angel Reiki School. You can find more information on theangelmedium.com or DM me over on Instagram at Angel Podcast with any questions you have. Friends, before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hand on your heart, taking a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love in front of you. I want you to step into that love in front of you. And I want you to feel it as it fills your body, your chakras, and your auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.